Coffee, water, crying kid in the background. Got it. Nailed it. You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, a podcaster who's hoping to learn more about the craft by talking to fellow broadcasters. Sweet. I just got a reply from my tweet saying uh, from Kathleen4JQABX, message me, hun, I'm horny. Smiley face. So oh, there's that. Dude. Something to look forward to. <laughs> Lucky guy. Yeah. I'll just report that for spam. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Show Me Your Mic, episode 28. And I am Chris Anz, your host. As the intro voice guy said, this uh, for this episode I'm joined. This is a special episode because it's uh, two in one week you get. So two for the price of, of none, I guess, as they say. I'm joined by Chase Reeves. Hello, Chase. Hello, Chris. I'm really glad to be here. I am glad you're glad as well. Um, so you are, let's see, I'm trying to, I was trying to. How do you get your voice to sound like that? Is it just <laughs> genetics? Is it just that you're more athletic than we are? Is it like, because it's just, it's just, it's just so silky. As it, and it's, it's also like a, it's like, a, I feel like it's a mindset for you. You're like, I'm here. I could be anywhere. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> it's there's something time. about it. It's compelling. Yeah. Makes me want to make you love me. <laughs> I do love you, Chase. That's the, <laughs> that's why you're here. That's why I was just going to, I was trying to think back to where I first encountered Chase Reeves. Uh, and I think it, there was something before this, but the, the first visual encounter, if we can get a little creepy, was uh, I think your, your uh, AeroPress demo video somehow oh yeah aeropresso.com it makes me loads of money selling a 20 dollars thing on amazon uh i don't think i've made a sale in i don't really know but i had a i i just it was like i wanted to just put together a site and i was like so fired up about the aeropress this is like four years ago and uh, i like i literally bought a box this is before you could buy them like in the stores and things like that I called up the the actual. They make it here in, in like Santa Clara or something is where the factory is. And um, I called them up and I or I was like, I was like, how much is a box and how many comes in there? They're like, it's like two hundred bucks. We'll throw like an extra couple in there. And I'm like, oh, sounds good. So <laughs> I had like fifty AeroPress, and and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk around Portland. I'm gonna sell these things. I just love them. They're fantastic. Um, I was just a total enthusiast, and so then I made a, a video, and then I ended up giving all of those aeropressos away from to my friends. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, if you can maybe if you have twenty bucks, no, you don't. All right, we'll just take one anyway. Here's how to use it." <laughs> can you just watch the video at least? Give me a view. That's funny to hear. You're the first guy I've ever talked to in real life that uh, that's ever even been aware of that. Well, I think I think that's where I don't know. It may who you know these days, who knows where things. I know you had you had wrote a parenting post at some point or or uh, something about uh, friends of people who have kids and how Oh to, yeah yeah and yeah, I right. linked to it on my blog I think chrisans.com and then you'd commented and I was like wow someone on the internet actually like reached back and <laughs> Are you kidding me? Every every like permalink notification I get, like I get so fired up. Yeah. <laughs> and then like I land on the site and I'm like, oh, they're just scraping all my content. But <laughs> so when I landed on yours, it was like love at first sight. It's like the guy that read my thing. And then we have actually you're you have a Canadian connection, right? Yeah, are, my, are you allowed to talk is, about that? Is, <laughs> my bride is Canadian. Not not just okay, Chris. Not just Canadian. I literally lived in Regina 
for a year, which right. is about what forty five minutes south of where you are. Well, two hours, from? two hours, two hours of Saskatoon. I was in. I was literally. I lived there. My wife is from Meadow Lake. Holy cow! I forgot. Yeah, about that. put that together. It's literally like the last town before there's no stoplights, like at all. And and she's like, oh yeah, I totally remember when we got a stoplight in. Um, before it just turns into whatever you know, Inuit territory and deer hunting. Apparently, just northern Saskatchewan just just falls off the map completely. It's like there be there be demons. Um, she's so far up from so from so far up north. Um, so it's not just Canada. It's it's Saskatchewan, which is like a world in and of itself, and then northern Saskatchewan. So it's like yeah. Anyway, I, I get some color from there. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. So we could like in another world, you and I are actually sitting in this in my basement, having this conversation, sipping our aeropresses, not literally our, sipping the coffee from our aeropresses, having yeah, this conversation yeah. in another. Well, you're, you're drinking the coffee and I'm just licking the aeropress. I think that makes sense. <laughs> Saskatoon is so nice, especially in comparison to Regina. Oh, um, thank you. That's a good. You have that little river running through things yeah. and there's like rocks and it's cool. And Regina is just a. a, a Swamp. It's literally built up on a swamp. Sweet. There's the pull quote. <laughs> That's the audio I'm going to send to all my. I don't actually have any friends in Regina. I don't think not anymore. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> besides being a Saskatchewan podcast, uh, that's not the main reason I had you on. the The connecting point for Show Me Your Mic, anyways, is that you do a little show called The Fizzle Show. Is this correct? Do I have the right Chase Reeves? You you found him. You found me. <laughs> the Fizzle right. Show, which is uh, sort of a the podcast for the Fizzle site, fizzle.co, but the show is hosted over at Think Traffic. Yeah, it's really confusing. Basically, we did all this. So thinktraffic.net is this blog that my business partner Corbett's built like over the past four years, and it's really great. It helps people understand how to build their audience online, right? In this online marketing space, very douchey feeling, that whole space. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and Corbett's always been a guy that stood out as just, you know, kind of being matter of factly talking about just the bits of it that matter. You know what I mean? Um, and he and I partnered together. I redesigned think traffic. Um, and we worked well together through that. And he had this other idea for this thing. We partnered together on that. That ended up being fizzle.co, which is, um, which is our, you know, subscribe you know, you pay money for this thing. I mean, who knew you could do this? You could make a thing and you could charge people money to get access. It's amazing. It's incredible. So what we do is we teach. Um, we do, it's it's honest, uh, honest training for online business builders, right? And it's all video training. It's myself. It's Corbett, uh, our 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 other buddy Caleb, and a handful of other experts that kind of teach this thing. And and um, anyways, we can get into the details of that later, but. We put, I put like, I, I'm traditionally a marketing guy, I guess, for lack of a better term, a designer. I'm a, I'm a designer and um, I put all of this work into creating this fizzle brand and it actually ended up representing some things that we really cared a lot about. So once we did that, like looking back at like Think Traffic, calling like a podcast, like the Think Traffic podcast just felt like, ugh, no, I don't know. So we don't, we don't want to talk about traffic. We want to talk about creating something that you care about. We want to talk about, you know, buying, you know, affording your, your gluten-free crackers for your kid, making something that you're actually interested in that fires you up instead of like the soul-sucking reality that most, most of us live in and are trying to get away from. Um, we knew we wanted to do a podcast. So it's like, screw it. Let's just call it The Fizzle Show. 
and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the marketing uh, with a weird confusion later. So you have found the, the right guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I want to sort of touch on because it's um, that that whole market, like you said, the sort of douchey, you, I'll sell you something and then you sell someone else something and we'll all get rich together, but we're really not yeah. actually doing anything. We're just sort of the circle jerk of, of social media marketing that happened. Totally. And that's what, like, when I, I remember when you first started sort of chatting about that you were, I think, probably when you were uh, designing or, or subcontracting or whatever for Think Traffic, I was like, oh, no, where's Chase going with this? And and I didn't know the Think Traffic guys at all. And I thought, oh, shoot, he's he's going down that road, you know? Yeah. And then uh, and then I see Fizzle, and, and it's, like, it it is, uh, this isn't a podcast about that kind of industry necessarily, but I, I guess just by way of the the way that you've done it, I guess with Fizzle itself, it the, I've watched some of the videos and stuff, and it is actually like legit, <laughs> which everybody says yeah, no, it, our it, thing is legit, but yours actually is legit, and and I think part of like a big part of that is is you that that you imbue it with a bit of like lightheartedness, a bit of well, quite a bit of honesty, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, to a fault, probably right, yeah, <laughs> to a fault. I'm sure you, um, you occasionally you get the like, uh, Chase, maybe let's just rein it in a little bit on that, uh, whatever you know, from your partners yeah, or whatever. But um, exactly, yeah. ask my wife about how many times uh, what what my ratio is uh, <laughs> of foot in mouth to not foot in mouth. You know what I mean? Like it's like normally when you see this, if anybody listens to the Fizzle Show, like this is what happens. Like I'll get, I'll do it. Like I'm all, I'm like basically. I'm like the the jester that comes out. Like Corbett has like really fabulous business advice because he's been do, he's been doing it for a really long time. He's been in a lot of different scenes, and he's always got amazing things to say. Caleb's in, incredibly intelligent, right, and, and analytical. And so these guys have ha, are able to come out with all this like interesting stuff. And I'm li- I'll literally I'll just like find something funny to say about what they just said. And then if I get a laugh out of them, I just like keep going until it stops being funny, which means I just get more and more of this insane and 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 totally, you know, uh, offensive. And we have to cut it all out later on. But that's my personality type as I just try to get my wife to laugh until it's like, all right, you know what? You're an that was that was retar- you, you can't say that, Chase. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, push the push the buttons. Until- I know, I love that. That's why, dude. I, you know, I guess it is a podcast about podcasts. I got to say, man, I have fallen in love with podcasting. Oh my god, I feel like uh, this is just what I was. I like if there's if I can find a way to like just make my nut doing this, like just you know get my get my you know, pay for my kids gluten free crackers by just talking <laughs> with friends. Like unbelievable. This is so much fun, podcasting. Yes. Like who who to thunk? I know. And and that's what uh, what I love about the show because uh, again like uh, at first glance or or whatever I was like skeptical I didn't really want to listen because I was like oh it's just going to be rehashing the whatever I don't know the marketing yeah. and and tell us about this stuff and favorite this and like that and all that kind of stuff which if you're new to that space is great like it's the first time you hear it is great the second time you hear it is pretty good and the third time you hear it you're kind of like whatever and but what I love about what you guys are doing and I, like you said is it's it's uh, it's fun. It's not uh, you like you. Sorry, what I'm trying to get out as is that you even like rarely do you pitch fizzle on the fizzle show. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. Well, you're, I mean, we don't really know how to how to. <laughs> we don't really know how at this point. Basically, <laughs> I, well, first of all, I just got to say thanks, man. I really appreciate your your words. You're being very very kind over there. Um, what you're getting on at is this concept. Between, and actually, we did an episode on this, like uh, the the 
there's a spectrum and on, on like the far on one side it's like you're just a douchebag and on the other side you're like a total craftsman right so it's like it's this is like it's like either either you're you're and i i, I we did this whole episode of what 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 is a douchebag because i think i think everybody who, who we would say oh what a douche totally doesn't think that they're a douchebag like i think they're right. just they're, they're so and i know i walk in someplace and like and like i'm not artistic enough and so someone's like, what a douche. You know what I mean? I'm like, I am over here like trying to make a living, pay for my kid. He's, we're, he's got a, a parasite, so we're trying to do this gluten-free diet thing. Anyways, oh, it's, it's been a nightmare. We're making some progress. But, I gotta, but the crackers, the gluten-free crackers are expensive. You know what I mean? And this is just regular everyday life. I got I to gotta pay for that somehow. And I wanna, I'm like living this dream that I can like, maybe we can do this, you know, not working for some a-hole corporation or not, whatever. Even though I like, I like these corporations, it's like maybe I can do it in a way that like actually gets me fired up, that actually gets my, uh, my, stit, my stitzel firm, for I guess to, to put it mildly, um, instead of a way that's just like, oh, I hate my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we walk, we're all a douchebag to somebody. Um, and I come from this designer world where it's like, you know, and, and it's similar to you where, where it's like, why, why, why do we idolize Merlin so much and Gruber so much? I don't know, but there's something infectious about it. Like I, he, they, these are the gods of my world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's like, I don't know how comfortable I am with that, but it's just that I, I can't complain. I mean, that's just what it is. You know, so in from this world, like we're all afraid to pitch a thing. We're all afraid to build a thing and, and charge money for it, you know. And then there's a guy like Marco who can actually do it. You know what I mean? I, and, and, and his matter of factness about it is is compelling, you know. So I've been trying to find the balance between those two worlds, you know. On one side, the one dis definition of the douchebag stuff is like someone who like pretends to be my friend or interested in me, but is just seeing a dollar sign essentially or is just being selfish now even that person they might just be doing that to buy gluten-free crackers for their kid right right yeah they don't, i don't i don't need them to be a best friend they don't need me to be a best friend so it's like all right you're a douchebag so, so it actually doesn't matter being a douchebag or not you know what i mean but there's also this other side of the spectrum where you're too much of a craftsman where you don't know how to you don't you're not you're not actually coming to terms with the reality of the world that humans have always needed to barter and trade to make things happen. You know what I mean? Um, and, or, or I mean, to get the, the crackers or the fish or the whatever, you know? Um, and right now it's, it's sort of, we're in this weird moment where culturally, like, you know, we've all worked at corporations or in factories for the last hundred years. And now we're coming way back into this DIY sort of movement, this like work for yourself, this, you know, make your own jams, you pickle your own pickles, you know, and put a bird on it, all this sort of stuff, which I love, uh, even though it can be just so overly precious. And that's really the word, that preciousness of like, we're so afraid. I'm so afraid to, to make Merlin think I'm a douchebag that I'm, I'm, I won't put like a, this costs $5 button on my website. You know what I mean? Right. Like th yeah. that's the challenge yeah. of that. Like guys like you and me, um, and, and, you know, like the, the I Mikes of the world and the Brett Kelly's and, the, and the, these guys that, that we, that I just absolutely love. And, and we're all kind of trying to figure out, okay, how do we get, how do we understand this, this money thing in lieu of all of these, th 
all of these heroes that we have in lieu of this worldview that we kind of have inherited. Uh, the internet, you know, being the, in, the, the place for like, hey, quit ruining the internet, you know what I mean? And then the, then the companies come in and ruin the internet and marketing does what marketing does and it turns up the noise and turns down the signal and tries to just, you know, yeah, screw our eyeballs with things to, to get us to buy. Um, and, and now we are trying to like sort of balance it though. You know what I mean? Does that, is that making any sense? <laughs> I'm not kind of ranting, aren't I? That's okay. That's, that's the spirit of the, well, spirit of your show for sure. And, and yeah. I think part of the, the reason why I knew I would love chatting with you, whether or not we ever talked actually about podcasting gear and stuff is the same reason why I enjoyed talking. I talked with Merlin and whatever it was five episodes back is, I mean, you talk about mics and stuff, but you also just get to talk about the philosophy of. That was why a we're great episode, by the way. Oh, I thanks. totally, I, I loved that. I loved, I loved that, and, and also the Dan Benjamin one. Dan Benjamin, I kind of like. I'm real skeptical of. Yeah. And I, 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 I watch that guy from afar. Right, you're not sure. Not really, not really yeah. sure. Yeah. You know. Keep him at yeah arm's length. I, yeah, yeah, you know. So, but I, but I, at, at some, I, I can feel, I can see in the like, I might want to pull him in for a hug at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? A gluten free hug, anyway. Yeah, well, wow. paleo gluten free. Right. Hug. <laughs> so <laughs> that's episode thirteen, by the way, for somebody all uh, of uh, the Fizzle Show, douchebaggery and online business. Here's a question. Here's a podcasting question for okay. you, Chris. Uh, are you like making show notes as you go right now, or do you go back and listen to this uh, and add show notes? I actually I do it as I record, generally, uh-huh. uh, knowing your. Um, your what's the word I'm looking for? Your ability is the nice way of saying it. your ability to drop an f bomb. I'll probably go back and listen to this again, <laughs> just because okay, it is. Yeah, sorry, no, no. <laughs> and I told you before we recorded. That's fine. I want. I don't. I don't. I want whoever I'm talking to be able to relax and they I sort mean, of slide in. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't even know where they go. It's just, it's, <laughs> it sort of slides in. There. And I get to enjoy it, and then I'll put some you know funny little goofy sound effect over it or whatever. Whoop. Yeah. There, I'll just loop, I'll loop that back. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> but no, then I generally try, I'm, I'm lazy and or uh, efficient, I guess is one. Of, I don't know which way it is, but I won't yeah. go back and listen to it again. I'll just trust that I got most of the links and, and I use like, you know, the way we all, all, not we all, but I do it anyways with Markdown. I know you're a Markdown fan. And so it makes it super, super easy to yeah. just quickly grab a link and away you go. Yeah. Make Dude, Markdown has been, Okay, speaking of tools, Markdown really, I think, is, is probably the most important tool. No, I can't really say that. I don't know if it, we would rank higher than one or the other thing. But man, since I work on a team now with Corbett and Caleb, I had to tra- train these guys in Markdown and like, hey, why does this matter? And now that they've got it, it absolutely changes the game uh, with like collaborating, putting together blog posts, putting together, um, putting together you know, podcast notes and all this other stuff. It just makes... It just changes the game because we're in Fizzle. We're writing like big, long scripts, you know, for these for these training lessons, and we're kind of all collaborating in on it. And one of us will go and record it. Um, and I, I I wrote a post recently at Ice to the Brim about like dude, I think Markdown could be uh, so much bigger than I ever thought it would be. Like it used to be just this little geekery thing, right? Yeah. You're never going to teach someone about Markdown. It's just like a geeky sort of thing. But when you're when you get paid, when your job is publishing. Um, the way you could, I mean, anything that any tool that you can use to help you do that 
more efficiently, more effectively. You know, you're not looking at a bunch. You're not looking at, uh, you know, either rich text where that that link is already, you know, the link, and you have to hover over it to see where it's linking to. Maybe click on it to see if it's going to the right place. You know what I mean? Versus Markdown, where you can see right there, but it's also human readable really easily. You can do the version. So like, there's companies like Editorially and Marked.in. I think, or, or maybe it's Mark. I can't remember what Mark his URL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he. So both those things. I, th- I once I realized that you know Mandy Brown and 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 you know uh, Ethan Marcotte, 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 Ethan Marcotte. Uh, these smart, brilliant people. The people I've really looked up to a lot. Um, even though I don't know how to say <laughs> Ethan's last name. Um, Beep. Like I'll just, I just know him as Beep. Yeah. Uh, but. To watch, to see them get into a company and build it around Markdown and collaboration with teams and editors and the concept of content, where is it going? Is it going, you know, what it's like with podcasts? Like we can just press record and just ship whatever comes out, right? Or we can put a lot of work into it, try to find out what the gist of it is, edit 60 minutes down into 40 or 20 or whatever, and give it just the best stuff with an intro and outro. Both of those are very different offerings. And and it's a hard thing to define between to like make the decision between sometimes, you know what I mean? And is the world going more towards long form, you know, potentially lots of ways? You know what it's like to listen to back to work now, you know, literally like, you know, yeah. an hour and 10 minutes of, of comics and all sorts of other stuff, you know, and then. But like, why do I keep listening to it? Because I'm not a comics guy. And yes, all my friends think I'm stupid for not being one, but like I've got a four-year-old and he's still too young for the comics because if I show him anything that has a gun in it, like he just goes ballistic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but like I still listen to it. Why? Because dude, and you'll like literally there'll be a sh- Merlin will just sh- something out that changes my life. That changes my life. I think on your show, when you interviewed him, he sh- out a little thing that's, that's um, I think it was on yours where he said, this thing that I'm working on, how is it going to change me? Like, how is it changing me? And I just, I knew that like, uh-oh, uh-oh, that's going to that's gonna run, <laughs> wreak havoc on me. Because, and so I took an index card and I put it right on the bulletin board because it's what an awesome way to look at any project that you're doing and just say like, does this matter even a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, especially going, like bringing it back to, uh, to podcasting stuff even directly is like, it's, for anybody who's done a podcast at all, it's relatively trivial to set up another show or another episode or another thing. Yeah. And just like I, well, like we talked about, I have, you know, a bunch of shows on SSKTN.com. Some of them I pour into more than others. And it's, but it's relatively easy to start a new one. And it, it, it applies to like software development and other stuff too, where yeah. it's always easier to start a new project because it's more exciting and fancy and pretty and the ideas are amazing. But yeah. But then to actually get down and do it, and that's what I love about where what you guys are trying to do with Fizzle, as I grasp it, anyways, is part of that, like building into each other, helping each other, kicking each other in the pants. That's what, that was the last episode I think of uh, what I listened to was, uh, or maybe I don't know if you posted another one since, but was that the teamwork episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does teamwork make the dream work? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was the last one. Um, you know, you bring up a good point though, because here's the thing: like we've I've worked with uh, even me now over the course of the past year and a half working with Think Traffic and Fizzle. Like this is my one, Fizzle is my, my job, right? That's what I do full time. Um, I'm the creative director there, I guess, and the creative director of Think Traffic. I do a lot of posts there. I do a lot of stuff in Fizzle. Worked with a lot, a ton 
of what I call, I mean, I, I call them like indie entrepreneurs or small time entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneurs or whatever. I don't know what the, what the name is, but regardless, these are people like you and me who, who like want to try a thing and either they have a blog and they've been doing it for a couple of years. And it's like, yeah, I'd love to find a way to like make monies on this thing. But it's like, you know, I get my 400, 500 visitors a month or, or whatever, you know, it ends up being, I don't really know how to, you know, turn the page on this, how to actually get it going to the, to where it needs to be, right? Yeah. To actually buy my gluten-free crackers. Every, like I've talked with so many people in this place and it's always the heart. So I think it's probably valuable here because um, the same goes for podcasts. You, know, you have to find, there, there's a, the best quote that I've found on, or I guess the guy who puts it together really well that I'm favoring right now is Jeffrey Veen in the, his great discontent um, interview. He says, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's, it's, um, you have to find, it's not just about finding something you're passionate about, you know, unless this is, you know, just fire it up, press record and put it out there. Like Merlin in, in the, in the blog or sorry, in the, in the talk that he did with Gruber at South by Southwest, he's like, if you're going to be the guy, like be the guy on that one Jawa, you know what I mean? And that one Star Wars Jawa and like, and like anybody who ever has any question about that one Jawa, like that's, he, they, they land on your site because that they can't not, you know what I mean? Because you're the only one who's, in, who's focused on that one thing. Um, if it's just a hobby and it's about a Jawa, then just go do whatever you want to do. But if you want to actually, you know, fund this thing by, you make it sustainable, right? You've got to combine somehow, you know, it's not just passion. It's not just you can just, you know, fund anything you're passionate about. But some mix of passion, your actual ability and expertise, and what the world finds valuable. Something that the world thinks is, is valuable. You know, and the world might be just people looking for that, you know, one Jawa. You know, but I see so many people who, um, who start up the thing because we have every tool available to us, right? We can start up WordPress. We can do a... a Squarespace, I'm sure Squarespace is sponsoring the show as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, we could do it, set up a square. We, you, can have, you can literally have a domain and a website set up in, in four and a half minutes, right? Uh, so, what, so, what is this, so what? How is this project going to change you? And how is this project going to change other people? And how is this project going to be valuable in any way that you might be able to, to support, that it might be able to support itself? You know what I mean? That means monies, you know, unless you can just barter for, you know, sheep and fish and or like, you know, rice or whatever it is that you would like to eat. But um, I don't know. There's something that's so intrinsically off about most of us. Uh, no, I guess I don't mean that. But we have access to all these tools. It's never been easier to create the thing and get it out there. Get a million eyeballs to a website. Right. So the question really is, like, what's the thing that you want to be about and how 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 could you what could you make for the person interested in this thing that you could charge a buck for? You know what I mean? Because if you just start thinking like that, it gets into this value question. Okay, oh, okay. Now I, can, now I see like uh, I'm actually going to serve these people who have this, this problem, whether it's hemorrhoids or, you know, <laughs> kids with parasites. You know, uh, I, the old copywriting books always use medical examples. So they always talk about like hemorrhoids. Like if you, act, if you see someone, you know, if you've ever had hemorrhoids yourself, you realize like, I need something to fix this. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's, this is insanely uncomfortable. So there's, there's a perfect example of like, create something valuable. 
for this is actually coming out on a, on another <laughs> podcast. It's really good. This uh, my my new way of putting uh, my new summary for this is go create go make something for someone. <laughs> <laughs> because it does it gets to the gist of this uh of the sense of like yeah you are really interested in that one job so either that's a hobby which is great go do the thing or if you need if this needs to support itself like if you don't just have a bunch of unlimited resources and or if you're not happy working for everyone else for the rest of your life or whatever right if you want to make monies on this thing then you got to create something that's valuable to someone else yeah. You know, well, that's where it put to push back, I guess, on, on that and bring it back to podcasting specifically, too. Is so let's say hypothetically there's a guy in Saskatoon recording podcasts about podcasts, talking about other podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we say it in Canada. Yeah, anyways, um, we uh, and you know, doing that gets a few hundred listeners for an episode, has someone famous on, like a Merlin Mann or a Chase Reeves, gets you know, thousands maybe. Dude, my whole dream is just to get my name closer and closer to Merlin Man, and you have just done it. We're just you have to, someday. There's going to be podcast SEO value, like the value, of, the things we actually say will actually count for something. Proximity <laughs> and it's so proximity. If I'm just know. helping your uh, Google juice for when podcasting audio becomes relevant to Google. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what was I saying? So, hypo, so oh yeah, yeah. So and you're you know. It's a hobby. I'd love to make a buck. And I mean, this applies to anybody, they, especially in, in podcasting. Everybody hears the Squarespace ad. This isn't, I don't have a sponsor for this show, so I can talk about whoever I want. But um, but that's part of the problem, too, is I don't have a sponsor for this show. And so, um, yeah, charging a buck for it, you kind of go against the, that that ethos or whatever that we grew up on the, of like, no, you just, you just build something that people are going to come and you're going to be passionate and they're going to come and listen and, yeah. and then they'll give you their eyeballs and they'll happily go link to the thing you're talking about and buy it or whatever. So does someone, you know, like, like me or there's others out there who are listening to this show who want to make either a living or a hobby living, like pay for their gear and pay for their stuff with it. Right. And so where do you, where do you point them in terms of like, what do I, do I start, do I put it behind a paywall? Which I mean, that's goes against obviously. It's a great, it's a good question because what we, I mean, what you're you're getting into is like, what are these, what are these models, right? What are these, what are the models that are out there? So if you look at like a Sean Blanc, he has like a membership thing where there's stuff behind a thing, right? Yeah. And so if you really appreciate his thoughts a lot, if, 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 if that's helpful for you in some ways, like, yeah, you pay the money and do the thing. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I've never really resonated so much with like the NPR, like donate to support thing very much. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I learned early on is if you can do something that helps someone do their job better, there's money there. You know what I mean? If, if I'm more likely to pay for something that's going to help me make money, you know, or whatever. Like I see my life. I'm a young man. I'm a 31 year old man. Like I, I'm in, I'm in career mode and I'm fired up about it. Like I love the the idea that my the separation between work and personal life doesn't have to be that definitive or or you know or unnaturally inhumane or whatever you know what I mean like it can they can flow into one another I mean I I just went I left earlier this morning with my wife and we had to we went and picked up something from the crematorium you know what I mean that that I, I won't get into the the whole story but like I got to do that because I work for myself and this is my wife and I crying in the car you know what I mean yeah this is my life this is real human this is real fucking human life happening right I got I get to do that without having to ask someone's permission um and I think there you you have to go pre, you have to go 
you know, basically you go back a hundred years and you can't find humans that aren't, that aren't doing something, you know, entrepreneurial. It was only in the last hundred years that we started just working, uh, for other people in factories and doing all of this other stuff. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not a Malcolm Gladwell, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just making up (laughs) statistics, literally just making them up, but do not uh, Wikipedia this, (laughs) uh, but back to the, back to the matter at hand. Yeah. Do not Wikipedia this, but the thought being basic. What I, what I said was there's, there's, the, there's the donation sort of model. I, I'm not going to pay for this show. I, would, I would hope nobody would ever pay just to hear me rant and me and you talk. You know what I mean? So that's a yeah. model that, that isn't right. That's a, that's, a, that's a way to say like, oh, here's this thing I'm doing. Maybe I could charge money for this. Instead of saying, what's the problem I'm going to solve? You know what I mean? What's the, what's the <laughs> that I'm going to make money for? The, what's the hemorrhoids? What's the, uh, or that I'm going to make a, a, a solution for? Like, is it hemorrhoids? Is it, um, is it people who want to podcast but don't even know where to start? Is it people who have all the gear and are already started, but now they've launched the thing into obscurity and they're like, what the frick is the point of this? Now what do I do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those are two very different problems, aren't they? And, so, and the question is, like, how do you get to that, that one specific Jawa, get really stupidly small, about the problem you solve, spend a month, make something that you know you can say that's true, and, and charge a dollar for it. And just see what it's like to, to, to make, you know, like go to, the, go to a farmer's market. See how many people are selling jams that they put together. You know what I mean? And, and little lanyards and bracelets and things. This is, there's something human in this, right? So it doesn't have to be, just because we look at the people that we idolize, like, a, like, no, like you can't look at a Merlin and say, hey, look at the thing he made. I don't know. He just, I just love it when he opens his mouth and talks. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't look at, at uh, you know, like there's some designers that I really, really love. I love, I love Ethan Marcotte, uh, Beep, right? I love Frank Shamero. I love these guys. And I, I, most of the time I'm like hard pressed. I don't even know what he's made. I don't know what he's making. I'm just listening to his thoughts. Why do I love that guy? Because he's, he's constantly out there talking about responsive web design, right? But when I look at, like, I look at Squarespace, I'm like, what a phenomenal product. What an incredible product. And the way that they've just taken over, the way that they just were like, okay, we're going to spend millions of dollars and we're going to be in every single podcast out there. I thought that was just so, yeah. it's just so bold. It's so brash. It's so, it, it's wild. And then you get into the, you get in, they completely changed my perspective. So I've always been, I mean, how long have you been a WordPress guy? What, 10 years? Yeah. You know, like how, how, how much is it going to take for me to change my mind from that to Squarespace? Now, anytime someone wants to start up a new website, I will just say, just go to Squarespace. I do not want to help you with this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy to think that, that they did all this work to make a product that's valuable, that solves a problem. Because what they saw, the opportunity is, it's not about how, what do I use to make a website? It's like, get, like the why, reason why I love promoting Squarespace is fine, screw your website, screw your technology, screw it. Like what's going to be on the page? And what are you going to do in six months after you've launched it? And you feel like, well, now, now what though? I mean, still, I got, yeah, I got some, yeah, I got like 20 people coming to the site every day or like, you know, a hundred downloads a month or something. You know what I mean? And so now what? Now what are you going to do? What problem are you going to put your back behind? Because there's interesting and meaningful problems to solve out there. And it's not, they don't have to be massive. It's not Nelson Mandela level. It's like, you know, that one single Jawa level, you know? Their ideas are easy. The execution is really hard. I am so ranting. Sorry, you've <laughs> caught me right like at the, at the apex of my caffeine here. All right. No, that's good. So we're, we're on our way down. So I'll... I'll get into the gear well, I'm gonna, stuff. I'm going to hang here for a little while. Okay. I'm going to hang okay. here for a little while. I'm going to stay up at the plateau, and then and then Crash. it's just going to drop off yeah. real hard. <laughs> so I think this will be the 
there's some sort of cro- if somebody's listening and hasn't started a podcast already, I'm thinking there's a some sort of perfect little nichey thing with Jawas and hemorrhoids that is like yep focus Jawoids. Jawoids. <laughs> Jawoids. Jawoids. Welcome to the Jawoids podcast. I'm here with Chase Reeves. Expert. <laughs> I guess that's chewy. What what sound does a Jawa make? They're close to that, I think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. See, obviously, we shouldn't be hosting the podcast. You would never be able to charge anyone money for this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. the question is, you know, you hear some, like I was just listening, there's a guy called David Seitman Garland, who's like, his personality is like really over the top for me. Um, but really wildly popular, tons of people like him, you know? Uh, and when I heard him say a thing that was... Um, you can probably make a product. He says, he, I think it's something to the fact of like, you can make a product out of something you already know right now. You know what I mean? The marketability and like how big that market is and how much you could possibly make. I don't know. Right. But if you go really small, if you go into like how to, how, you know, how to really tie your shoes. By the way, I just found out a new way to tie your shoe that where it doesn't come undone. Now, you remember, you remember the put this on? Do you remember that, yeah. Chris? Yeah, yeah. So remember when Adam Lissagor does his little knot thing? Well, that's never worked for me. Doing it after the first knot and changing the direction? Nope, not like that. You do it before. So the very first time you... Anyways, I'm not going to try to audio someone into tying your shoes differently. <laughs> this will be your next but, video you should make. Actually, uh, no, I, I maybe should. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, tieyourshoes.biz.info.org.nz. Yeah. Um, but uh, the concept is, yeah, you probably do have something small, you know, valuable. Like my, my wife and I, we recently lost a son. Uh, and, and I couldn't find any gr- great, I haven't looked a whole lot at this stuff, but I haven't yet found the person who writes with the kind of guttural honesty and rawness that I wanted in to, that I want to, to hear. Right. And so I just started just basically publishing my journals on my Tumblr and the response has been insane. And my, my dream is like just that somebody some, at some point finds that like go, going through the same experience. A handful of people have connected with me that I don't know who they are or where they came from. But because of that thing that was just so valuable to them, you know what I mean? That could end up in a book at some point. But, you know, that, not that I'm like, how do I make the monies on this thing? But yeah. just to the point uh, to, to drive that point home about like that is real human value. You know what I mean? Like Louis C.K. makes me feel comfortable in my own skin. He's good at it, right? He's a pro. That's why I pay for him, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you look at a Louis C.K., of course you're not going to be at that level, you know? So where can you start right now? How can you pick a smaller problem and an actual problem? Louis isn't actually picking a problem, I don't think. He's, you, don't start, you don't start in comedy that way, <laughs> right? You start by saying like, hey, I'm good at this. I want to, hey, hey, I'm really insecure, um, and I want people to like me. I, I've always wanted people to love me. And so I'm going to go talk to people and just try desperately to get them to love me. And maybe, you know, and then you get better and better. And you're like, I want to change their thoughts about this. And I want to do the yada, yada, yada. But you don't start with the problem to solve, so to speak. Maybe. I don't know. Someone out there is smarter than me saying like, well, actually. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's where there is. Uh, well, uh, which way to go with that? The stuff that you wrote, I just wanted to acknowledge what you wrote and this, what you guys went through. And uh, man, it like it just gutting it, gutted me reading it. And my heart goes out to you guys, obviously, or not obviously, but it does. And so, um, 
yeah, we, we don't have to get into all that, but I, I just wanted to say like the, the, the post you wrote on your Tumblr, it was just kind of like the, the, that reality and the rawness, which I think obviously you do bring to whatever you're involved in. And I'm sure there's a point where you're at first, you're kind of like, and speak just again, bringing this back to podcasting ish. You're so, you're so good at that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I have tens of tens of listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, just the bringing that rawness to it, I think is, is good. And that's what I think is authentic and brings people to the, to your show, to you and to what you're doing. And if I can encourage anybody to avoid the smarmy, douchey, businessy yeah. podcast style, because you know what you do, like speaking of your, of the fizzle show, and I want, I want to touch on, on sort of how you produce it and stuff, but you do like the little intro thing, right? Like the, and my wife and yeah. I were just talking about this on the way up we were driving back from vacation and she listens to a few podcasts and she was saying how she loves the, like, um, you know, they do a little intro, like this is what we're going to talk about. And this is who we did our interview with. And, you know, but then that gets taken and spun into like this douchey thing that often you hear at the beginning of podcasts and Mm. just makes me want to retch sometimes. Yeah. But you do that, but it's in a, uh, well, a fun way. It's a, it's done well. It's you're clear, but you're also kind of just like, it's more radio style, uh, like NPR radio in the States or CBC radio here in Canada that kind of relaxed. I'm not trying to pitch you on something, but you, I am still giving you the, the, whatever the word is, the marketing term, the, the value add yeah, or whatever. The, the for benefit. The, yeah. The yeah. value add. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And so, um, just talk me through. So you, you produce a show, you record a show with. Well, with, hold, with on, your, hold on, hold oh, on. Before oh, you get into that, yeah. I do want to comment on what you, first of all, thank you for saying so. Second of all, one of the things that I, I think this is gonna this is helpful for for anyone who's putting together any sort of podcast or or a blog or, or any business idea or or just fuck, any human right any yeah. person. A while ago, I realized I realized uh, I don't know what what brought this on, but I was like, you know what? I really come alive when I'm able to be like horribly wretchedly honest and raw <laughs> and guttural. I love that. That's why when I talk and something funny seems to be happening, like I don't stop until I ruin it because it feels exciting to me. It feels like I'm alive, like I'm on the edge of something. And oh no, I've screwed it up again. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but but there's. I realized that I I that if I have if I'm in a situation where um, I, this happened a while ago as well. Like for as an example of this, I was at a I was at an interactive agency for a while, and I'm I. It wasn't until I got into an environment where like it wasn't okay to whistle or like sing almost most of the day that I that I realized like oh my god I sing or whistle like all day long like all the time when I'm working on things that I'm interested in um, and I'm in this office where like that, that's not okay and I'm like constantly trying like not to bug anybody but re- but like re- realizing like oh my god this is a part of me you know I'm not a good singer I'm not a good whistler but this is this is what it looks like to be me okay acknowledge that and move on. Um, Similarly, I had the experience with like when I don't get to be guttural and raw, when I'm trying to doctor myself for other people to try to get them to love me, like I've always tried to do. Um, if I'm, if I, you know, like the, the, what is it, Mark Twain quote, like beware of any venture that requires a new wardrobe or something like that. I'm sure I just, stamp, I'm sure he said it really great and I just stampled all <laughs> over it. But, uh, and stample is totally a word. I'm sure I'm <laughs> positive it's totally a word. Um, but, uh, you are going to have a hard time leaving <laughs> out all the cusses. Sorry, man. Um, it's all but good. I realized that, uh, and and now that 
that's my like I, that in my partnerships conversations with Corbett, uh, in in the things that I do, I I don't get in. I I work very hard not to get into a situation where I have to stifle that in some way, or where I will feel like I should stifle that. Um, so that is figuring out who you are. Like that's me. That's me. Like, that's where I do. That's where I land, no matter what. The things that you feel like are you that that like really that erupt from you. Being, I mean, half the battle is just knowing what those things are. You know, probably more than half the battle. Like 80% is just knowing who the hell you are, realizing or understanding or trying to f- discover who the heck you are, what makes you, or what, what you're like. You know what I mean? Not even like what makes you tick or whatever, but just like the things that, like I, I whistle and, and sing a lot, you know? And it bugs people when, <laughs> when like certain kinds of people. Well, do you, so, uh, do you I just have to ask, because there's a guy, I, an office I work with, and he he whistles, but the one the the part of it it's not the whistling that bugs me. It's that he whistles the same David Gray riff for the last three months. Got it. So as long as you're not doing that, yeah, you know. And we can still looking be back, I can't even remember. I don't, like I I say this, and I'm this makes me crazy because I'm like, what was I singing? What was I even <laughs> singing? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember just being like, oh my god, Chase, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Like saying to myself, yeah. you know, it's the, like just on this little four-year-old inside of me, you know, when my son brings me this thing and I'm working and I'm like, get out of my room. You know, it's like, what did you just do to him? You piece of shit. You know what I mean? Oh God, I'm such an a-hole. Sometimes. Hey, I did. I, in every podcast either evolves or devolves into a parenting podcast if parents are involved. So in full confession this morning, like make it, I'm trying to do my AeroPress. That's why I brought up the AeroPress video. Cause I actually, my wife got yeah. me an AeroPress for my birthday this year. It's, I've actually, I never had one before and sort of trying it out and it's stressing me out. Cause it's like, it's just different than my normal workflow and not workflow. That sounds dumb, but like, you know how I make coffee in the not morning. Not dumb, not dumb, well, not dumb. I have like oh, 18 <laughs> Evernotes about, about my brew methods. We're going to get into them here yeah. in a second. Okay, to keep going. But that's, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make this coffee. It's like, it's not working. I'm pushing hard. It says to push gently. And, and then my son is like trying to grab the thing and I'm just like turning him like, get out of here. <laughs> Literally what yep. you just said. I mm-hmm. said to my, my three-year-old who was like, I mean, he's, he's going through his like, it's not terrible twos anymore. It's progressed to terrible yeah. threes, et cetera. But like, no, there's no, there's no world where it's okay for a, a grown man to yell, get out of totally. here to a three-year-old, let alone his own son. And so don't call social services. But it, We've all but it happens it. every, it happens oh, yeah. all the time. And you yeah. always feel like a piece of crap for it. Yeah. And you know, okay. So here's the, okay. Do you have a kitchen scale? No, I don't. First step, get one, get a $20 kitchen scale on Amazon, right? <laughs> here's what you're going to do. All right. Amazon prime that, get it straight to your house. Okay. Aeropress. You're, are you familiar with the inverted method? I am. Where I was going to ask you if you're. I couldn't remember. Okay, invert that. Just put the cap, put the top, the plunger just a little bit inside, right? Invert that. You're going to go 14 grams of ground coffee. All right. You know what I hate about all these brew method videos and all this stuff? Trust me, I studied all of this. Um, they always say like, yeah, grind it, grind it somewhat a little bit, maybe a little bit fine, but not all that fine. <laughs> you know, it's like they, they, whenever they tell you how to grind it, ugh, it's always the worst. But the good thing about the AeroPress is it. It, like I would say, let your grind be your only only variable. Um, meaning, now you're speaking my language. If you, yeah, the, there's constants and there's variables. You only have one variable. Um, that's the size of your grind. You can really, you can tell, like pretty, probably you'll be able to tell the difference between like a more of a of a fine grind and a uh, coarser grind. Basically, 
it'll change also for for the coffees that you use. But for the, you know, put it right in the middle, whatever. I I don't know how to explain how how to make the grind on audio, right? I can just say, hey, here's the maestro that I use, and I put it right at twenty, typically. Um, okay, so fourteen grams of coffee ground. You, you, weirdly, the AeroPress it it's really forgiving, really really forgiving, especially with this method. Fourteen ground, fourteen grams of ground coffee. Boom, put it in there. All right, and then you're going to take 200 grams of water and just flush it all the way in, okay? This is water, ideally, around 205, 206 degrees, Chris. Mm-hmm. All right, are you with me? I got you. with you. me? I'm making notes. I got the Bonavita uh, variable filter or variable um, kettle, which I really like. It's fast. It's got the little gooseneck thing because I actually do Chemex and pour over every morning. This is like my new favorite jam. I've got 45 methods for baking <laughs> coffee, and right now Chemex is, has won, or at pour over in general, has won for the last year. Um, cause I really like the sweet cup of coffee, like a sweet, juicy, citrusy, you know, kind of thing. And so I find that pour over pulls those flavors out. However, this method of AeroPress does a really good job as well. 14 grams coffee, 200 grams water, pour all that water in at once. Okay. Stir it real quick. As you pour it in, you set your timer 45 minutes or 45 seconds. Okay. So it's a short, steep time. 45 seconds, you give it a stir, and right at 45, you, you just turn it over and start, start plunging it. Now, I plunge it um, actually in, I just kind of lay my arm on it, so um, like my middle of my forearm, like kind of close to my elbow actually, in that, that big fatty part of my arm, like, right? <laughs> like, like a, probably if I, could, like if I could roast it, like it would be like probably my favorite part of my body to eat, um, I, besides my thighs. Oh, but that's got to be slow cooked. Uh, I don't know where this is coming from, but I did find that like, instead of putting my palm on the AeroPress and pushing down from there, I have spilled like cups of coffee doing that. And this one time up in Canada, in Calgary, my buddy, I got, we got, we got this bag of super expensive, um, you know, cup of excellence coffee from Stumptown. We brought it up there and, and we did this thing where it's like, okay, I find that optimum is about 15 grams, 15 pounds of pressure. And we had weights that we put on top of the AeroPress. <laughs> the whole <laughs> cup of coffee spilled over. <laughs> Horrible. God, what a silly thing. So I just put the, uh, just put the, my arm like right near my elbow, lean on it a little bit and you don't have to lean very hard and, and just let it, let it do its thing. Um, and so that it takes about, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds to, to plunge. But because you have a short steep time, um, and, and if you can get, you know, if you stick to that, dude, cut the scale, sorry, I'm so fired up about this because the kitchen scale changed everything, changed my whole life. Like I actually have sex with my wife now. We enjoy each other a lot more. <laughs> I love my kitchen scale just for coffee because it all of a sudden went from like, I don't, I don't really know if I, if I did it right. Like that was me like two years ago. And now look at me. I have, uh, you got a I job. Have, I have a job. I have a four year old podcast. Life suffering i'm talking to someone in saskatoon never would have happened without a kitchen scale none of it would have happened <laughs> anyways it really kind of faded out there towards the end i think it's, it's actually starting to starting to happen yeah you're, uh, you're crashing blood sugar level. but 14 to 245 seconds and then plunge i'm telling you it's it's uh it's this, the best way i found to make the aeropress the only way that i've i've found that that doesn't give it an aeropressy flavor it's always had an aeropressy flavor to me for some reason hmm. So there you have much more information than you wanted. No, that's perfect. I mean, nobody else listening maybe wants it, but I want it. <laughs> that's it's my podcast, so my show. That's one of the that's one of the things about like you know I am going to make a product about a thing. You got to be just so self absorbed to think that other people want it. Yeah, and I, maybe it's because my wife has ten sisters, that or actually she's the <laughs> oldest of ten, so she only has seven sisters. Yeah, remember really far north Canada. <laughs> um, not every Canadian. <laughs> 
you wa- I watch yeah. these girls grow up and and they're just like, I don't know, I just kind of want to just get married and I, you, know, you know, I don't have to deal with like a job or career. And I'm like, oh, honey, you know, and like, so I have such a platform to speak into their lives <laughs> that I'm like, I feel like compelled to for, to like not let them be crazy cat women when they grow up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Versus just sitting around, you know, nobody really wants to hear that, you know. <laughs> Well, we won't. I'll, I have many questions gonna, to ask you about your family, but uh, no, no, family relations and speaking into your sister-in-law's lives—that's <laughs> a whole other show, though. Same uh, Jesus. <laughs> yes, great, a great conversation you had with Adam Clark, by the way. Uh, oh yeah, friend of Adam's friend great. Of um, I'll link to that in the show notes too. Okay, in our our final minutes, not we don't have to stop right this second. I'm not saying yeah. we're done, but. Um, unless you need to vibe. leave. I'm getting the vibe from you. To go get a cracker. Yep. But um, to, so we can compress a little bit of gear nerd talk into here. Yep. I'm but, on it. I'm, uh, on, I'm ready to go. Okay. So you guys record your show, The Fizzle Show. Yeah. I've got my, I'm drinking my AeroPress right now. So that's all good. We're finished there. Um, you record your show together in person, it sounds like. Most yeah. So Corbett and I are, are together in every episode so far. Pretty soon we're going to have to record one separately. So it's Corbin and I and Caleb. Caleb's in San Diego area. So he actually, we just tune into him through Skype. Um, and uh, so what we do is, okay, all right, I'm just going to dive in. Are yeah. you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. We'll dive. So I'm a, I've been doing music and audio recording for like 12 years. Um, and I've, I've always had a bunch of gear and sold and, you know, kept getting it. And so a, a while ago I had, you know, upwards of ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth of studio gear, like for like recording, you know, eight to twelve tracks at a time. Um, really great mic pre's, like the Focusrite 428, which is an awesome four-channel mic pre. Anyways, all the stuff I had to sell when we moved down here because we needed we needed to do it. Um, and I hadn't used all that stuff in a while. Then we of course we start up a podcast. Boy, that would have been helpful. Except for <laughs> I have to go on BART, which is a, a public transport train here to get out to Corbett's house in San Francisco. So I wouldn't have brought that brought that stuff with me anyways. I've always I've been looking for like that, you know, a USB or Firewire, you know, audio interface for a while. I really like Focusrite. Um, so I got that the new the Scarlet uh, two channel in something, something. Um, I don't know what it, what it is. I think it's just called the Scarlet and it works. It works pretty well. I wish it would, you know, have a remarkable effect on my, you know, the way everything sounds. But it doesn't. It's just fine. You know, you, just you got works. the. Yeah, it just works fine. Um, so I got that and, and I have a bunch of mics. Um None of them really great. And uh, so I, w- I would love to be able to use these big condenser mics that I have. But unfortunately, it picks up, they pick up way too much room noise, even on, you know, cardioid pattern or, or whatever. Um, so actually, what we record, is, Corbin and I are on SM57s, which are, you know, this classic traditional workhorse, you know, $80 mic. Um, and the, it actually ends up sounding really surprisingly good. I have to do a lot of EQ magic. Um, and kind of and filter out some frequencies that kind of I think give it a little more of a when I do after I do that it gives a little more of a broadcasty kind of quality. Um, Caleb does have a great you know Heil mic and, and all that stuff, um, and he's got an awesome you know broadcasting voice, so he really doesn't need any help at all. Uh, me on the other hand, it's like it's like a hundred plugins to try to make me sound like Merlin Mann and be brilliant. But um, uh, so. Then I'll, I'm actually, I've, I've made the switch. I'm on Logic X, Logic Pro 10, sorry. I think it was supposed to say 10, um, which I'm stoked about. I really, it's been a long time. I always, still so going all the way back to like 10 years ago, I was making beats in Fruity Loops. 
Um, oh, and that, yeah. which like a handful of people would be like, oh my God, yeah, I totally remember that. And then moved into using uh, Reason with Cubase. And Cubase I had for a really long time, used that forever. Um, and then eventually I was like, well, I'll just I'll get Logic. And I never really did anything with Logic for like the last four years. Then started doing the podcast. Uh, so when, I, when Logic 10 came out, I was like, oh, there's a handful of things I really, really want. Like I really want Ripple Delete. I really want... Um, just a handful of stuff like that. And it doesn't do ripple delete. It does do some, I have found some, some tips, some tricks around that, but they don't work all that great. So, um, I will say you have, if you're using logic, you have to know the shortcut shift F, which command, which selects everything to the right of your, uh, of, I guess, what do they call it? A cursor, everything to the right of your playhead. Yeah. Um, so that I'm, I can make a cut. Hey, here's, here's a bad word or here's something horrible. Let's cut there, there. And then, um, delete that bit. Shift F, select everything to the right, and then I just drag it back. Right? Too much. I wish I could just select here to here and do do Command Delete to like ripple delete and automatically pull everything back. There is a shuffle left uh, setting where, uh, where it's called drag, um, and you, it's typically set on like overlap or something like that. Um, anyways, I'm getting <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Too close to the metal yeah, out here. That's but, why uh, people tune into this, I think. But shuffle left uh, is helpful. However, it only shuffles that exist the track that you're on back. So if you have multiple tracks, which we always do, I have myself, Corbett, and Caleb, and then you know whatever music or, or interviews that we're doing, um, I need to shuffle. I need to pull everything back. So <clears throat> I'm not sure how to really fix that at this point. And when you have it in shuffle, it like everything that you delete, everything you do all the time gets shuffled to the left, and and it ends up well. Whoa! Can yeah. make some real havoc happen. Do you use those? Do you use the shuffle left at all? No, I. Well, I was gonna say that's you're coming from a, a video background too, right? Like Final Cut X. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. So final. 10. I mean, when I, I we do like I'll have like an hour of footage to edit into you know four five minute videos or something, right? I can do that so freaking quick in Final yeah. Cut X because of the magnetic timeline, because of a handful of just simple little keyboard shortcuts, and I like long for that. You know, I really kind of kind of do want that experience in. But at the same time, most of our stuff is really unedited. I, I do have an intro and an outro um, and, and I have to like cut, you know, so a couple bits from here. But no, no normally I'm not cutting at all. Um, I'm just uh, throwing in like a, a cuss. Oh, here's a great here's a great thing for like beeping and stuff. I don't know if you're, you're doing this, but I use a uh, so I have the three vocal tracks going into a bus. All right. Uh, an auxiliary channel where I have a compressor with a side chain on it, which means, uh, okay, so this is getting a little ping pong or not ping pong. Sorry. <laughs> this is getting a little, I don't know. It's getting a little, we're getting, we're getting into the <laughs> dimensions here, but okay. So I use a compressor with a side chain on it. So that side chain, what that does is that says, okay, where do you want me to look? And I say, okay, look at this channel called cuss over here. And it says, all right, any signal that comes through there, I'm going to pull, I'm going to compress these the, the everything that's on this uh, this uh, voices auxiliary channel right. So what I do then is set that say when I when you compress this, I want you to draw pull it all the way down. Set the threshold all the way down. Put the ratio all the way up. So anytime there's a sound on that cuss channel, it pulls the sound of the three audio tracks completely down. So then I just put a beep wherever there's a cuss. This means I don't have to cut anything. I don't have to paste anything into the channels and find where who's cussing on what channel. I just throw that little chirp sound wherever. And because and, and, I don't like it when it's just a silence. You know how like 5 yeah. by 5 that is just silence? And I'm like, it's actually kind of funny when you had a beep in there. Yeah. 
but it but it it's another thing to do. So that's know? all that's software related, right? Compressor and the bus and everything. Yeah, in, and in then, I mean the com- yeah, that's all, and not just using Logic's built-in compression. I do use a couple uh, spendy plugins that I've gotten over the years for sweetening up the um, the audio. So I use um, uh, Ozone for master on the master channel, which is just a, I only use it basically for, uh, limiting. So I, I send things into that like pretty hot and then it limits that cause it's a really nice smooth limiter. And then I use alloy. Both of those are made by isotope. Um, both are more expensive than I'd like to admit. Um, and both available in backwards channels of the internet. Um, the alloy is awesome. I put one of those on each on each of our voices, and I use it for EQ. And for EQ, I'm not bumping anything. I'm just cutting things. Okay, so I, I roll off the top and the bottom, uh, and then I there, there's some nasty frequencies around like 230, 240 that I like to drop out of of Corbett and I because of our mics, and then a handful of other things. I also have a, a deesser plugin that's really good, also made by Isotope. I think it's their uh, vo- something it's one's just for vocals and that deesser is better than the one on alloy so anyways suffice it to say i'm compre- on alloy on individual tracks i'm doing a little bit of co- just a tiny bit of compression a, a good deal of uh, maximizing and and some eq and then sending that into the vocal uh, auxiliary where i'm do- adding a, a little bit of like group compression before it goes on into i have this like little theory of like i like to do a little bit of compression at like four steps instead of doing a lot of compression at any of the steps so for some reason i like that wow am i still talking about this <laughs> this is really you've you've hit a vein here like i don't get to talk about this stuff and it's like i yeah. spend so much of my time doing editing it. and 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 thinking about this audio stuff uh i just i just like it i like it a lot well that's i think you're uh you're definitely speaking to. I'm sure there's a percentage of folks. Maybe it's twenty percent. Maybe it's seventy percent. And I just don't know the numbers of my listeners. But there's a, a percentage of folks who tune into the show and wish that's what the show is all about. Is just yeah. like what? No, okay. You you mentioned ozone, but what was the exact setting on? You know, I don't know all the, the knobs yeah, on it, but you know, like totally. give me that, and then I'll be yeah. happy with your show. And the truth is that they're like I I was I was looking for that stuff as well. Actually, I do have a big old uh, on YouTube. I put. A, like I edited a whole pod, podcast live uh, and recorded it. Um, I think I think I did this. I, I'm pretty sure I did because <laughs> I just dream. wanted to share. Like, hey, here's what I'm doing, um, and so that's out there for something. But also, like, there's no right answers. Like uh, one of the things that I learned, I think EQ is pretty important, uh, and it's also kind of voodoo. Um, so on the ozone, or, or sorry, on the alloy, if you hold down Alt and click on any frequency, it just solos that frequency. And so you can hear like where like there might be like this like sort of ringing re- like like boomy reverberance in the room up top or maybe like at that 240 frequency if you solo anybody's voice between like 230 to 240 to just just hear those frequencies you'll be like oh yeah totally it's it it's you can't really hear what the what the sibilance or you can't really hear what the what vowel is being said like it's just a confusing frequency and I don't know. I didn't read anywhere that you're supposed to cut that out. I was just like, huh, I'd probably just, just pull that out and like see what it sounds like. Um, now, the way to solve this is you get a you know, $500 Heil mic or a, or a Shure, a whatever, SM7 or whatever that is, and you, just, and you have a great room, and you, and you just work the microphone well, right? But I have, I have like four SM57s, and, um, and we didn't, I just was like, let's just do, use this stuff. I would love to buy new mics, but that... that I, I need to make money first somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
go make money from your thing, then get new mics because technology, and I hear this from people all the time, like, what should I use to build my website? Oh, what mail, what, what like email plugin should I use? All this stuff. It's like, dude, I hear this, this, and this. You have one week, you have no more excuses. You know, go get a Rode Podcaster or a, a Blue Snowball or any, or, you know, a freaking Logitech headset. Just get it done. Get it up, and now you know what it's like. Once you've recorded 10 episodes, now let's start thinking about getting into the details. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just too, too easy for it's so human nature to be like, huh, I want to start a podcast. I should probably spend four or five months researching microphones. You know, it's like missing the point. Yeah. Anyways. I, I, you know, I appreciate that completely. That's, uh, I know. Oh, another thing I'm, I, I've gone through about 18 microphone, uh, or SM57, uh, what do we call these little muffy things on the top here? Windscreens. Oh, yeah. They have a $36 windscreen for the... By the way, the SM57 is what the president uses for his, uh, his speeches. So you got that going for you. Um, uh, hope. You, yes, we can. Um, so they, there's like a $36 one. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend $36 on it. So I took forever and I never bought that. I went and got just cheap uh, windscreens. And there's, the, the plosives were, were too intense. And then I found this other one that uh, wasn't made for that mic. But I was like, I bet that might fit. Because I was on Amazon. I, I've never left the house to do shopping in, I don't know, like two years an hour or something like that. I, it just terrifies me. Um, so I got th- this one that I'm currently using, which I, I, I don't know what it is. And we've used a bunch of different stuff. Plosives are a, are a big deal. I mean, you don't want to have plosives, and we still do to some degree, uh, which I'm bummed about. But whatever, it's just table stakes. It's just the cost of doing business. Maybe one day we'll, we'll all have $500 microphones and a badass pop screen and no leak between the microphones and no reverb in the room. But in the meantime, like we're, we're building an audience. They're really, really liking the show. Like that's hard to do. Getting a mic is very, very easy to do, you know? Well, I, I mean, barring, I, I guess you could say if you used your laptop mic, people might tune out because it was so bad. But I mean, yeah. there's the range of like whatever, the $80 SM57 to the $500, $300 Heil to the $500, whatever. Yeah. Like all that range is going to be, everybody's going to still listen. They're not going to listen more. You, you might lose a few yeah. audiophile nerds who yep. think totally. that you're not bassy enough or you're too bassy or whatever. But they're not going to listen to the show anyways because they're just sitting in their basement listening to the yeah, fish. Every, it's, it costs you nothing to be a critic of what my microphone sounds like. Yeah. I'm serving people who are putting their asses on the line to try to build something they care about. Like, go screw yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> another point, another thing, I did just get the blue icicle, which is uh, which plugs. It's, it's just a USB uh, in it, a thing. that It's XLR to USB. It plugs straight into the back of my SM57. It's what I'm using right now. Um, and cause I, I got this cause I was like, I'm going up to, uh, Kamloops actually. Hey, Canada, uh, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going up to Kamloops for a few days to see my friends there. And, um, and I'm going to need to record an episode up there. And I was like, well, what can I, I don't want to bring all this rig with all these cables and all this stuff. I was like, I'll try this out. And it ends up, it sounds just like the Scarlet and you can't tell the difference. Um, uh, I can't at least. And it's great. It's really easy. It's fun to, it's just simple. It's like dumb. You know what I mean? So that costs $39 and then any like, SM57 or even like an MXL or Audix something or other, like that's, you can find those mics for like 50 bucks, you know? Yeah. So at, for $80, you've got a, you've got a really good setup or, you know, if I was, if you can do the $200 for a Rode podcaster, I mean, that's what everybody recommends. And it is good mic because it's dynamic. You're not going to get a whole lot of room noise, but it, it does still, all those USB mics, they do have that, that harsh sort of, I don't know where, like 200, 2000 Hertz or something. There's this harsh thing up top mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah that you got to kind of 
got to kind of tweak with on the on the EQ. But yeah, that icicle looks like a nice, especially if you already have a mic or maybe your buddy's got a mic from yes, know, exactly. garage band days or whatever. And yeah, exactly. You don't totally. need a mic cord at all. It just plugs straight into the mic, and you and it comes with a nice long USB cable. It's like done. Yeah. Call me. That's nice. <laughs> okay, so quickly or not quick. You don't have to go quick. You can go as long as you want. But uh, so that seems rude to your to your listeners. Yeah. But I do enjoy talking to you because I'm looking at your Skype picture and you. I feel like you're you're kind of seducing me. Like <laughs> what I forget which picture I have on there even. It's your oh, it's, it's just black my, and white. Yeah, yeah. And uh and you with your voice, like the way the way the way you get down there and it's <laughs> you're in Saskatoon and uh and uh, I'm really glad to be here on the phone. Do I sound Canadian to you? Yeah. A little bit. You're not doing the big haze. I remember when I moved to Regina, it was like so, uh, so you're going to go to the store and get some new food. Hey, <laughs> I'm like, what, what? I thought you were supposed to go like a, and like occasionally, but it was just like as full on. Hey, all the time from, from a couple of people. And I, I loved it. I that's love, I my, love the utility of that word. That's my three-year-old's like response to anything right now. If we say, you know, no, no Mason, you need to go around the table. You don't, you don't carry your cereal bowl upside down. He sh- looks at us and shouts, Hey, <laughs> anyways, I love it. uh, a podcast that you listen to. That's how I always end the show. What uh, okay? What are you listening to and what apps are you listening to them in? And you can, oh, there's no, we don't play favorites here. You can just point out the ones you like and you don't have to worry about offending somebody you don't listen to. Okay. All right. <laughs> like all right. I'm going to go through the list here because I'm kind of passionate about these. First of all, it kind of all started with WTF with Mark Marin for me. Um, I've always loved comedy stuff, though never like been like a comedy nerd or anything like that. And hearing their backstories and hearing Marin, like I really, I really fell in love with Marin, Marin. I really hated him, and and then you kind of fall back in love with him again as he starts to get successful and like stops being such a prick. But like I really loved hearing his point of view. I love the darkness. I love the rawness with which he approaches things and the way that he gets. I don't know. He's the way he gets into people's backstories, like. Uh, I just I found that I really loved that. So it started there, and then, and then you know I don't I, I mean I think you know it's, we all remember where we were the day we 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 realized Merlin had a podcast, um, and he was just talking all the time. Um, so back to work has got to be on that list because, I mean, it was like a dry desert before that. Of there was just there was no there was no Merlin anywhere. And I frankly, I mean, I don't know if you remember back, I don't know, maybe it wasn't like this for you, but a long time ago when I got my first like kind of serious job, I was at a media place and, and I was a project manager and I would spend nine or 10 hours a day on Lifehacker uh, just trying to learn how to, you know, make a better steak or write a better email or something like that. Um, just wasting all my time doing that. And of course, I stumbled across 43 folders in like Merlin. And, and I remember at the time just like, wow, I feel like there's something brilliant here, but I'm just not getting it. It's just one step above where I'm at right now. It felt like it was always that. Like I could never really connect, but I was like, I was in love. I was felt like love really because I was like, I don't understand this, but I want to put myself inside you Um, (laughs) (laughs) or, or vice versa. Um, So (laughs) anyways, so the, the, uh, I got I got to add back to work onto that. And and I and as a I listen to a lot of, of podcasts, but I'll just say one more. This week in startups, Jason Kalkanis is a total douchebag. But guess what? We're all douchebags. And actually, after listening to a lot of these episodes just recently over the past like 3 months, I had never listened to it before. You start to see a little more color of his personality. You see him as an insecure guy like talking to these people, like wanting I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it, but um but I've really enjoyed a handful of amazing interviews. And in normally I love the, the guests, like a Brad Felt, um, 
uh, <clears throat> Jerry Colonna, like these really serious big time guys who've worked with tons of entrepreneurs and to hear their perspective on things, Fred Wilson, another, like, it, it's just, it's always, it always, uh, inspires my, the, the humanity back in me about business. Um, then there's a lot of other conversations that are on there that I just, I don't listen to. I forward, you know, on through, but that has been like a kind of a dark horse for me because I feel like I've picked up a handful of like absolutely life-changing things from that show. Um, and I remember just being like, what a douchebag the whole first few episodes I listened to, you know? Um, and I'm listening to those all on, on Instacast. Yeah. I did downcast, but, uh, but I, I opted for Instacast. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, it's does that, that answer the questions? That answers all the questions I have. I was just reminiscing, uh, when you're talking about old past, we should just, we, we should just do a Merlin podcast some, at some, like, <laughs> I think we just did. I think we almost just did. Yeah. But I was just remembering his most days video series that he did on Vimeo and he sort of teased, yeah. Uh, when I was talking to him that he was going to start that up again, which would make me happy. But um, yeah. yeah, that was one of those. I remember just like you, you, I would like randomly, I'd turn a corner on the internet and be like, what? This is like a, this is like a bunch of Merlin videos. What? <laughs> this is like from three years ago. What? <laughs> like, what is this? Like the Merlin show and like all these other things. Where I was just like always trying like so hard to like make sense. Where did these things fit in a timeline? I have these notes. I've wanted to write like a Merlin timeline just to do the, to, to do the work to understand how he evolved to, to and, and to, oh, what the hell he does for a living, right? No, yeah. he makes any money whatsoever. But like, but I, I just remember being so, I wanted to make sense of it so badly, you know, when things happened and, and where and why and, and how, why he quit them and things like that. And I never yeah. got around to doing it. Which I think that's what any all of us in in some ways we have those folks online where we're like, okay, how did they get to where they are now? Because I like I appreciate that they're successful at X, Y, or Z, but they had to do something to get there, and it wasn't just like they turned over, opened the door, and their parents gave them a million dollars to go start a YouTube channel that's yeah. now got you know sixty million viewers or whatever. And sort of that the the origin stories of you know going back to comic books that's so interesting and why I think we keep hearing. Every time Batman, we have to start over again, get the origin story out of the way, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it's interesting because we need to sort of connect those dots of how how could I do that if I wanted to? Not Batman, maybe, but Merlin. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so here's my closing thoughts. Okay. I think we all naturally off the off the. I think I don't know. I noticed this in myself and and in, in just about all my friends who have started stuff. We all want to be the like a Merlin Mann or like a Howard Stern or like a Louis C.K. We want to be an interesting enough personality to carry a thing on our own, right? Or, or not, not just that we're solo, but just that like, that's what we want to be. We want to like, hey, I can start up this thing and I can be entertaining and people will, will like subscribe and listen in and then I can sell ad space on my thing, right? We don't want to be that. I, don't, I, would, not, I would not encourage anyone to take that, uh, that to anticipate that that's going to work. You know, it might. And that, if that lives in you hard enough, like you got to go for it, right? But if you stop thinking about that and think a little bit more on, uh, okay, where, where's a problem in my life or in people's lives that I care about that I can actually solve, whether it's just like I actually know the answer to this, like, you know, how to, how to uh, install Service Pack 2 on my Windows 98, or I, I can do the research to figure it out because it's a small enough problem, or I can, you know, curate the answers from a handful of experts about this and, and, you know, make those available to someone instead of thinking about, instead of just like seeing all the models up to now uh, as like a, look at this interesting person doing the thing. 
You know, I can maybe in order for me to do the thing, I've got to be that interesting person. And frankly, none of us really are that interesting. You know, we're just we're just not, you know, um, like look at Dan Benjamin. Like Dan Benjamin isn't interesting, but he's running a podcast empire because he saw the need and 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 made the thing happen. Right. And that didn't come. That didn't all just fall out of him, you know, all at once. Some big idea It was one step of the way, which is why I love the, the you know, origin story stuff so much, because he realized that first step they took was so human and so within their grasp. So in some ways, I would encourage I, I, what I actively encourage people to do, at least people that I care about, um, people that I don't care about. I say like, oh, yeah, you should totally go try to be some big deal somewhere. You know, but people I care about, I say, dude, no, bring it down, ratchet it down, make the thing for the one Jawa. So it's solved one person's butthole problem. You know what I mean? Like yeah. put some, get, find, make a salve of some kind um, and, and make this happen because, or, and, and do something. What do I mean when I say make this happen? But just if you start looking for the problem, then you looking at it through like, okay, there's a problem, there's a darkness. How do I make the light for that thing? And just help. When you see that they're just humans struggling with an itchy, it's like, Dude, that dude does not deserve to have an itchy. <laughs> nobody, nobody deserves that. We're, we're beyond that. <laughs> this is human life. This is 2013 for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Anyways, I hope that I, maybe there's some one person out there that, that that sticks to. But if someone could have shaken me and said something to me, I, I wish it would have been that, you know, three years ago, because that's been one of the biggest things I've learned over the last couple of years. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Chase. So, Man, uh, thank you so much. Thanks for letting me rant like this. You, I'm, you're too kind. I, sorry. I'll I, edit it out. I'll, I'll I am just too, too caffeinated, and and I just, I just like you. I think I'm looking at this Skype picture and all of our interactions online. Did, were, now, weren't you around Father Apprentice a little bit in the beginning as well? No, I remember seeing it. Like I link you link. I think to maybe it, it was just that, that stuck in my mind for some reason. I think the, being, the, I think we both started being parents, or I was a parent, maybe because your oldest, your your son is what. Four. Four, He's, yeah, mine's six. So, yeah, okay. I remember, I think I was, yeah, obviously just a couple years ahead of you or whatever, and so it was kind of just And then were like, you also a, a Don Miller fan? Yeah, I, I read, I like Don. Okay. And so I think that's maybe the other connection. It was like... Because I remember he, I think he shared that that link to that be friends of parents thing. Yeah, maybe ago. that's what that's it was. probably where you yeah. landed on. And it's probably like, hey, he's a famous person. And this he, he links to this other guy who's not so famous. I should find out about this not so famous guy. Who's this, who's this doofus? <laughs> And he swears speaking too. Of, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, you know, he and I have, we've recorded a, a like I have like thirteen episodes of a podcast called the Post Evangelical that we've never done anything with because they never really came to fruition. But one of these days, maybe I'll find a way to get those up and online. Yeah, you you mentioned something about that somewhere. I can't remember where it was exactly, but uh, that'd be and in light of I guess in the going back to the continuity or the story, the timeline of events, like sort of your interview with Adam Clark, and then. Going back and revisiting some of that with Don Miller, I think would actually make for an interesting, uh, interesting discussion. Yeah, but yeah. That's me it. and Jesus learning to see other people. Yeah, and, and I don't, I can't tell if it's we're seeing other people or if we're in an open relationship. You know, who knows? Maybe that's what real spirituality is like, Chris. Deep. You can't, you can't tell who's inside who anymore. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna go call my pastor and, and ask him to cleanse those words from my. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> Where if, my if, bad. If people, hey, man, that was my bad, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if people want to hear more of that, uh, where can they find you and follow you on the webs? Um, yeah, uh, 
You know, <laughs> great question. If you don't care about who you follow, I'm a total great option for <laughs> real people with low standards on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's a great uh, byline. Actually. If you've got low standards on Twitter, you should follow me. I think that's... But uh, And other than that, yeah, I mean, that's probably, you know, because anything I write for Think Traffic or Ice to the Brim is my little my little blog, my little sandbox. But, but my job is fizzle.co and thinktraffic.net. That's where we, you know, help people who want to build the thing do yeah. the stuff. And it's... Uh, Chase underscore Reeves at, on the Twitter right. if you're so inclined. Yeah. You can call me underscore for short if you'd like. <laughs> All right. I can't, I can't even possibly believe that anybody's going to get through an hour and 21 minutes of us. Or well, I guess I ever started recording a little before we really started. But I mean, yeah. yeah so if, you, if anybody makes it through to here, I mean, you got to let me know. Yeah. You got to let me know. I'll find out. I'll, find, I'll make you something. I don't know what I'll make you. It might be a GIF. It might be... <laughs> Uh, drawing might be a, a selfie. I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of spiritual uh, <laughs> colloquism. Is that how you say it? Ooh, yeah, yeah, tweet like at, at Chase Reeves, at iChris is me, at SSKTN is the podcast network. Hashtag uh, Chase. Chase is. Uh, what should we do? Chase is. I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah, hashtag 14 to 200. Remember that, people. <laughs> 14 grams right. of, of beans, 200 grams water. There you go. 45 seconds steep time, plunge away. It's the best method I've found for, uh, for, for AeroPress. And I mean it. You know, if, you run a, if anybody, if anybody runs a coffee me- methods podcast, by all means, have me on because there are more. <laughs> There's a whole Evernote database full of them. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, I've, only got, I've only got two that I really, really, actually three because Turkish, I got to count that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off there because i got to go record another show in five minutes, I just realized here. So I will, uh, we will be posting this shortly. Thanks to whoever listens this far. Like Chase said, we, I really appreciate it. I know Chase does too, I'm sure, and he would love to hear from Big you. Time. Yeah. And, All uh, right, man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com slash SSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters, as well as learn about other shows we produce, such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in Lemon. <laughs>